Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Lori Hearstetter. And I'm Ted Zaleski. So this week, we had something interesting happen to us. Uh, this is Carroll County Times, our local newspaper, who I interact with from time to time on work things, you know, my job with Carroll County government. And she noticed that I was doing an interview, a book interview with uh, C.W. Goodyear on President James Garfield. And she said, oh, wow, I didn't know you did this. What would you think about doing an interview? Okay, we can do that. I said, it's not just me, though. I've got a partner in this. Uh, I want to make sure we can arrange it so that we can, we can all talk. So, you know, things happened, and we, we got that together. Did an interview um, over the phone. And this was a few days before the author interview that spurred it all. Yeah, I think Friday is the day that she interviewed us. And your event, um, the author interview, was on Sunday, as I recall. Uh, Saturday. So actually, Saturday. It was just the, day the next before. day. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this was a solo interview. We weren't doing it as two sides to the story. But because of all this, uh, Lori actually came over to the interview. Uh, we had some pictures taken beforehand. She was there for part of the interview, but not, not participating. But then on the Tuesday following all this, you know, the Carroll County Times comes up, and not only is there an interview of us in the paper, but there's us and C.W. Goodyear, front page, above the fold, big picture <laughs> of, of us, and then the, the interview. Uh, it was uh, another unexpected event for us, I think. We've had many. <laughs> yes. And uh, it, was, it was interesting, although... Um, and one really interesting thing here is uh, Lori got a promotion through, <laughs> through this article. She became the director of human resources for Carroll County. Which I am not. <laughs> I do work in human resources, so partial truth in there. And the current director was probably a little surprised to, to find this out. She had some fun with me that day. Uh, but it, it, was, it was a nice interview. We got to talk a little bit about what we do and how it all happened. And, you know, it was fun. Yeah. So if you didn't catch the Carroll County Times, uh, it was Tuesday, July 11th episode or episode. <laughs> that's us. July 11th newspaper. And the title of the story was Reading All About It. Carroll County government officials have two sides to their stories, showcasing a love of written works. So it talks about... Ted and his role as budget director, my role in HR, <laughs> we'll go that far, and then that we leave our day jobs. Um, when the two are done with their day jobs, they get behind the mics, teaming up to create a podcast they call Two Sides to the Story. So just interesting to get um, some, you know, publicity, I suppose, for what we're doing. Uh, we would like nothing more than to promote literacy, support local independent bookstores, and our book community, such as libraries. Um, and so in whatever way, being in the paper helps us to do that. 
were one really happy for the opportunity. And uh, it was it was fun. I know I've had some comments from friends and family. I'm sure you have as well. Not every day you're on the front of the paper. But it got me thinking because I don't know about you listeners out there, but I'm I'm not a daily reader of the newspaper. There are so many ways in which we can get our news these days. And it's something we have experienced with two sides that, you know, with social media, the way that it is, you can keep up to date on what's happening um, more than once a day by something in print. You know, and I'm, I'm a dinosaur. I still read newspapers. Mm-hmm. I actually read four daily newspapers. Wow. And several weekly or monthly magazines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know I'm a dying breed, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's still part of who I am. But, you know, I think that actually ties into something we've talked about on this show before is about, you know, our styles of reading books is different. And so our styles of reading in other ways, not just books, is also different and no surprise. I'm finding I keep up with the news um, on social media more, where you still have four newspaper subscriptions. I'm sure the newspapers appreciate that there are folks like you out there. So anyway, we got thinking about this, and can we make this a show? And most definitely we can, because if we're the front page news for that slow news day (laughs) of, of Tuesday, July 11th, what else was going on in book news that day? not necessarily covered in the Carroll County Times, but in all the ways that you can get your book news out there. So in other news, we have some interesting things to share, locally and otherwise. The day, Tuesday, July 11th, that we were on the front page of the paper happened to be the first day of what Amazon calls its Prime Day. It is two days of exceptional sales, and it's lots of discounts. So if you're a Black Friday shopper, it's equivalent to that. It's one of their bigger days, lots of discounts available on all the things that they sell. And one of the big things that Amazon sells is books. It's where they started. So it's very interesting because here we're talking books, podcasts about it. And on that day, there was a big mix campaign between Amazon and their big promotion And just what I saw of our local independent bookstores publishing some things on social media about a whole different way of looking at it. It's called the Future is Indie campaign. And it's all about supporting independent small businesses, not just bookstores, but obviously for our intent, that was a central theme. So and this is independent bookstores. This is not about Harrison Ford and Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> well, there is a new movie, I think, that yes. just came out or is coming out very soon. So no um, no discredit to Indiana Jones. I mean, the future is indie too. <laughs> but in this case, yes, it is about independent bookstores. Both, both of these things, I was totally unaware of Prime Days and about this independent bookstore effort. As was I, this was news to me, but very interesting. And so along the idea of the theme of this show, in other book news, this is certainly newsworthy. 
Um, the posts by some of the local bookstores were, you know, to get on board with the Future is Indie campaign. There are all sorts of promotional types of materials that you can purchase that have that theme. There is an Instagram account that is the Future is Indie. Um, and it encourages you to purchase books directly from your local bookstore, buy books online at bookshop.org, where every purchase financially supports local bookstores, and buy audiobooks through Libro.fm, where membership supports local bookstores. So for what it's worth in local news, I thought that was very interesting to see. And again, just educating us more about our book community and what they're doing. Yeah, and you know, we talk a lot about independent bookstores. We visit them. We talk to the people that own them and run them. And yeah, I'll say for me, I think this is probably true for you as well. Yeah, we're we're not sitting here thinking that nobody is going to buy books off of Amazon. Of course. I mean, sometimes it's just going to happen that way. When there's a choice, when it works. Uh, when you can go down to your bookstore or even on order online from you know, you know some of the resources uh, Lori was talking about, we just want to push you, want to encourage you, you know, support your independent bookstores. So another item in local news, um, this was actually something that the Carroll County Library Director, Andrea Bursler, put on social media was a brand new 24-hour library kiosk, not here in Carroll County, but in Charles County, Maryland. And if you've been listening to our episodes as of late, you know that we've been traveling outside of Carroll County to support some other library systems. We've recently been to the Cecil County uh, Book Festival and also to Talbot County's Chesapeake Book Festival. So this is Charles County. We haven't been there yet. <laughs> it doesn't mean it won't happen. And in the Namajoy Community Center, they had a grand opening ribbon cutting in July for their 24-hour library kiosk. So interesting note in the article about it that you can go to check out books from this kiosk. So picture, you know, a Coke machine or one of the Red Box movie machines and it's got books in it. So 24 hours a day, it's available that I would say it's probably more popular titles are stocked in this kiosk that you can go check out a book. It also has Wi-Fi connection. So if you're within a hundred mile radius, uh, you're able to use that free of charge. And then it is also a way for you to log into your library account and place holds and arrange for pickup at the kiosk of other items that you might be interested in checking out from the library. So this is like, you know, when you late in the evening, all of a sudden you just have to have a banana split and you have a place to go out and get it. If you just have to have a book, now you can go out if you live in Charles County or are willing to drive to Charles County and uh, get yourself a book at this kiosk. Exactly. And, and I don't know how prevalent this is, if this is something new um, First I've heard of it. that any, if anyone is trying, um, didn't have time to do the research on it. But I thought, you know, it, this is the tip of the iceberg because libraries in Maryland and elsewhere are doing all sorts of creative things. We actually just had this conversation with uh, the director here, Andrea, about 
some really cool library locations in the state of Maryland. And uh, that may be something you hear more about from us in shows to come. Uh, this library kiosk is one. I believe there was another county that had a very robust mobile book mobile that was um, maybe worth checking out some really fantastic looking branches throughout the state. So some of our good book hunting trips may not only take us to amazing independent bookstores, but to some fantastic library locations. Yeah, you mentioned a bookmobile. When I was driving over here, I was thinking about, about this. My, my car is basically a bookmobile right now. <laughs> I've got books from the library. I've got books you've taken out of the library, uh, for reasons that might come up a little bit later oh, mm-hmm. in, in this episode. Yes, I've given you a ton of books lately. Um, got, got some books that I've purchased here and there. We talked about the uh, Farmer's Daughter book sale. I've got oh, yeah. books from that sitting there. Mm-hmm. And my usual car books. I always have books in the car in case reading time com- comes up. I books are in my car right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's 30 books in there. Wow. <laughs> okay, so I've been looking at purchasing just as many books lately, but I think maybe I have two or three in my car. So you might have a problem, Ted. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) First step is admitting you. Admitting you have a problem. Yes. When you can't see over your windshield to drive or out the back to back up, then it's an issue. Well, I can see. I just have to kind of move the the books out of the way a little bit. Well, like you said, you have your own bookmobile. So um, in other news, this is something also inspired by one of our library friends. We've talked about Lisa Picker before, so she is the one who named part of our show Good Book Hunting. And we have been talking about doing a a bit of a road trip with her for quite some time um, to a bookstore in Baltimore called Red Emma's. And she sent us a link to um, something going on kind of interesting at their bookstore. So Red Emma's is a bookstore slash coffee house. They have tons of events. Uh, We're now following them also on social media with Instagram. And the link that she sent us was for a very interesting artifact that is in Red Emma's. Uh, I'll read just a tad of it for you. Ducked into the arched stone doorway of Red Emma's bookstore in Waverly, climb the wooden steps to the second floor and behold a mystery. Sandwiched between biographies and philosophy books stands an immense metal safe, just the right size to hide a magician, a body, or a small fortune. No one knows what's inside. The safe is locked and appears to have remained so for years, if not decades. It's extremely heavy. There's no way they're moving it. And they do not have a combination to get into it. So it's just an interesting fixture. But they put something out on Twitter recently to say, take a shot at coming to crack the safe. So they have put some things in place as guidelines. You must do it during regular business hours. Don't break into the bookstore. Break in to break in. (laughs) No drilling, nothing destructive. Only old-fashioned lockpicking, please. And if you are lucky enough to get into it, the lucky picker gets to keep half of what's in it. And they've got a good sense of humor about it if you're 
what there's in there is gross or cursed, you get to keep it all. <laughs> well, if you get half of it, I hope there's not just one book inside. I oh, hate to think about you the imagine? Oh, uh, yeah, let's hope not. That would fall under the lines of, you know, not acceptable. Yeah, so Waverly, I, I read this article, but I didn't catch that. We it, just it, talked about right, Waverly. In a recent episode, it talked about by accident that I was driving through Waverly, and mm-hmm. there, there's a new book festival there. I didn't realize that Red Emma's was in Waverly. Um, so when I went through, I didn't I didn't see it, but I guess I must have been close. Yeah. So just interesting to hear some of these other items in book news just within the last week or so since we happen to be in the Carroll County Times. All right, let's go back to something else that you said before about reading and all these books that are in your car. And you said, maybe we'll talk a little bit later. One of them is sitting in front of you right now. Now, this is not one that I gave you, but do you want to talk about what you're reading and what you found interesting in it? Yeah, it's actually in the library and uh, always I walk around, you know, it's, I can't help but look and see, okay, well, what's around? What do I see? And um, one thing Lori and I have talked a good bit about is uh, books on creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a blog post or two. I know we've talked about it in some episode. And I think we've even talked about having an episode devoted to books about creativity. It wouldn't be hard to do. There are many great ones. So I see this book. Big words, create anyway. So that that caught my attention. And then the subtitle is The Joy of Pursuing Creativity in the Margins of Motherhood. So I thought, okay, that sounds a little interesting. So I I looked into it a little bit and, um, you know, quickly said, okay, this is a book that Lori's probably going to want to take a look at. But it's about a woman who was uh, a mother multiple times, but had creative urges and for a while was living with, how do I make these, how do I make being a mother and being creative happen? Mm. And she learned along the way, has ideas that she wants to share with, with others you know, I, I think one big idea that, I, you know, from my little bit I've looked at it now is uh, basically you don't have to wait for permission to do your creative stuff. You know, do it. And she talks about um, writing while she's breastfeeding, writing while she's changing diapers, mm. writing while she's, you know, whatever she, the things that she has to do. You know, if it's if it's 30 seconds, you know, she takes 30 seconds. It's funny. You said this is a book Lori would like. And we've just briefly mentioned a book project that I'm working on, Bliss. And one of the things that I talk about in Bliss is this exact idea. Not necessarily that you have to be a mother for it to apply, but there are only so many hours in the day. And how do you make time for the things that are important to you? Two, two concepts. One is finding the time machine. Well, the time machine is about creating the magic mix, doing more than one thing at the same time 
so that you can have time for both. And it obviously gives you time for more things. So listening to a podcast episode while you are vacuuming your floor or cooking dinner is magic mix. It's two different areas of your life coming together into one because you don't have time to do them independently. So it sounds like she's got a similar sort of approach to things. Yeah, I think so. So I'm going to be passing this book on to to Lori for her to take a look at. But there was one thing in here that I really, really liked. And it's one of these books that has a little ribbon that you can use as a bookmark. And I have the ribbon on this page. Yeah, I was just flipping through. Uh, it wasn't like I was reading the book. I was just I, it, actually in a very Lori sort of way. I was just uh, checking the book Dabbling. out. Mm-hmm. I almost never do this. I'm rubbing off on you. I was was possessed. Uh, But there's a page. It's a a photograph of a pile of books. Uh, They're piled up so you can see the spines and the title of each book. And I'm looking at the titles. So they're laying flat, stacked up on top of each other, rather than the way you would normally see them on a bookshelf, standing up. Right. And there was one, one book I, I know called Room to Write, which is, is about writing. I'm looking at some of the other titles, and I'm thinking, a lot of stuff here that probably would be things that Lori would go for. And I look to the next page, and it says Spine Poetry. And, but I, and it has a little bit of a description, but I didn't read it. But there's a poem then right below it, and I'm reading the poem. And I'm saying, wait a second. And I look back to the photographs. So this is the same thing. You know, the poem is the titles of the books in, in the pile. In that order. Spine poetry means you took the titles off these books mm-hmm. and created a poem. And what I skipped over at first, you know, she says, take a look at your bookshelves and grab every title that appeals to you. Play around with the words and phrases, stacking the books on top of one another to make a poem. And I'm thinking, you know, what a, what a great idea. It's a cool idea. Yeah, I never, never thought about anything like this. And I started thinking about, well, geez, what kind of poems can I make out of the books? Well, given that, that you have house? like 10,000 books like John Waters, I think you could create all sorts of poems. Yeah. So this might be one of those things like, you know, you have a bunch of monkeys <laughs> arranging books for long enough and you'll end up with a poem. Okay, I think it's a stretch, but if you get a rainy day with nothing else to do, there's a project for you, Ted. So I, I thought this was a really, really interesting idea. It led to a a poem that you know I said, okay, this seems like an interesting thing to read. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take a picture of this page, pages in the book, and obviously we will put um, the book in the show notes so people can check it out, but that way they can get a visual of what of you're describing in case we're not describing it um, accurately. That's the nice thing about social media. It allows us to put pictures to the things that you just hear us talk about in, in an episode. So you started to mention what I'm reading and uh, that we talk about it later in the show. And uh, I don't even know where to begin, except here you say you've taken a page out of my book with picking up a book and, you know, flipping through the pages rather than your normal style. 
Well, this isn't quite the same. I'm not reading like Ted. But I will say, if it was a headline of an article, Lori read 16 books in one week, exclamation point. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's not as exciting as you think or not as impressive as you might think. They're all children's books, which is no surprise. And that's definitely more Lori than Ted. But I think I've been inspired in recent months because we've devoted some time to children's books because we've been to two children's book festivals and we've met children's book authors and we've seen little kids running around with books in their hands and a little play area at the Cecil County main branch that just made me want to be a kid again. So I already like children's books. And now I'm around them in a way that's made my interest in them just heightened yet again. And it was most prevalent for me when my kids were young and I was reading to them. But now I'm on a bit of a um, resurgence with my children's book reading. So I went to the library. This was at the Finksburg branch. Ah, don't let me forget. There's something else to talk about with the Finksburg branch. Um, but I, I started taking pictures of some titles. I sat and read some. I, I now have another book project I'm interested in pursuing because of reading these children's books. Maybe we're working on a children's book um, as another project. We'll see how that goes. But I have read a lot in the past week or two. And I will just mention one book series that um, is of particular interest. Uh, it's written by a team of writers. Uh, they are called the Van Brothers. Terry is the primary writer, Eric as well. They do illustrations. And one of the books that I really liked was also including another brother, Devin. So they have quite a few titles. So far I have read three of them. Um, the Barnabas Project is one. It fell from the sky. And actually, as I came to the library today to record this episode, I picked up two more of the Fan Brothers titles. So we'll put some of those titles in the show notes. You can check them out. They are beautiful stories. They are beautifully illustrated. And um, I've resulted in 16 or 17 books this week because of it. And I have a bunch of Llama Llama books. <laughs> I think the author is Des. Uh, it's been a while, but I do remember reading those when my son was small. Some, something like that, and and Lori was chastising me. He said, "Some poor kid out there wants to read a llama llama book, and you've got." You can't take all of them. You have to take a couple. So, shame on you, Ted. Well, there were some duplicates. Read them and take them back. So, um, Thanksburg Library. Now that we've talked about what we've read, something interesting happened with one of our book friends related to the Finksburg Library. And I think we we're going to mention on last week's episode and we forgot. So now's the time because I saw it firsthand for myself when I went in. So we've mentioned before that, you know, Ted has been a very long-term reader and he's had a long-term partnership with the Carroll County Public Libraries um, in a variety of ways. Battle of the Books, um, they're Great Readers, Great Leaders program, and his framed picture has appeared in multiple places from that. He's told the story in a previous episode about all the books that he brought in for his photo shoot for that picture. 
Well, Finksburg Library is such a fan of TED that where you return your books and their book drop inside the library has a great big old picture of Ted with his books all around them in the frame. And then what's posted below is the winners of that battle of the books for the kids. So one of our episodes is the Reading Red Pandas and those five girls that we met interviewed and are on one of our episodes are hanging there in a frame right underneath of Ted's picture, as are the second and third place winners of that battle. The funniest part, I think, is what they refer to him as. Did you have any idea that they had a nickname for you? None. No idea. (laughs) So a nickname for the battle of the books, think of the letters that go with that, is the acronym battle of books, Bob. People call it Bob. So if you have ever heard of the Godfather, um, (laughs) Ted is known at the Finksburg branch as the Bob Father. (laughs) Going to make you an offer you can't refuse. (laughs) It's sort of funny when you think about um, the episode that we did with your daughter, Monica, for Father's Day. The Godfather came up, I believe, didn't it? The Shining definitely did. But I feel like we said something about the Godfather and the horse's head. No, you don't remember that? Okay, well, for some reason that is sticking with me. So it's it's a much better view of thinking of you as the Bob Father instead of the Godfather. So if you happen to get to the local Finksburg branch, you'll have to check out Ted and his um, little fame, (laughs) wall of fame. Okay, so we've covered the the front page news. We've covered the news that, uh, in other news for the area, talked a little bit about what we've been reading, projects that we have in the works. So I think that leaves us with just upcoming events. Um, There are two big ones that we're aware of in August to tell you about. Um, And I guess... Do you want, was there anything else on um, the books you're reading that you wanted to, to bring up? This this is not the only book you're reading right now. Oh, is, no, no. is there something else that you were wanting to share? Um, well, one of the books that you picked up for me at The Farmer's Daughter, um, Merlin Returns by Deep Rock. Deepak oh, Sherpa, yeah, yeah, Sherpa. yeah. You had that recently. Yeah, we, we talked about, both of us, our surprise that he wrote a book like, like that. Yes. Um, probably halfway in, into that, that book. Uh, very interesting. As we talked about another time, I really like Arthurian legend. Uh, his stuff is very present in this, in this book, though. Okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it's not that he stepped totally outside of himself, mm-hmm. but the story, with or without that story, is still an, an interesting take on Arthur and Legend. Okay. I have several books in the works besides the children's books that I've been talking about. In fact, I'm getting ready to go on vacation soon, and I have the vacation books in mind. There are several that I've been working on that will take longer to read than a children's book. They are going with me. So when I return, we will do a quick update, and I'll let you know how far I got on those books that are in the pile. I think there are three in particular I'm hoping to make some serious help way on. So I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. 
last time I went away somewhere with an idea of getting some reading done, I had a backpack full of books mm -hmm. and left it behind. Mm. But I have a feeling you had no trouble because you probably stopped by a bookstore and picked up a few books while you were on vacation. So you had some things to read. Yep. Safe to say. All right. Two events in August to mention to you. Both are local um, events. Well, one's actually not local, but has a local tie. Um, Day for Book Lovers is an annual event put together by the Carroll County Public Library and a Likely Story bookstore. Uh, it has been going on for how many years? Because you've been to every single one of them. I think this will be 11. Okay. Um, this year, it is going to be held on Wednesday, August 9th at 1 p.m. It's at the Sykesville Freedom District Fire Department. It is an afternoon tea with author Catherine Ray on her book, A Shadow in Moscow. Uh, it does have a cost um, to attend, it's $50. You can still get tickets for the event, although I think they might be limited at this point, um, but that is August 9th. We'll put the link in the show notes if you would like to get tickets to attend that day for book lovers. This, this change of venue increases the number of people that can, can go to it. So they might have more spots, than previous. Yeah. yeah, they always sell out. Yeah, they have been at McDaniel College for a number of years and it held, I don't know, maybe 220 or something like that. Mm. Always sold out, mm -hmm. but now they have some more room. So that's one event. The other that's coming up is the uh, National Book Festival. This is in DC, it's a very big event. It's the same week um, as Day for Book Lovers, Saturday, August 12th. And if you're someone who's liking the idea, but you don't want to drive to D.C., we have a perfect solution for you. One of our local independent bookstores, the Rudolph Girls, is putting together a field trip. They have booked a bus and you can go round trip motor coach transportation from downtown Westminster to the D.C. Convention Center for the National Book Festival. Uh, we will put the link in the show notes for that as well. And Rudolph Girls is coordinating at $75 per person to attend the book festival on the bus. And that ticket includes one book written by one of the 75 authors who will be attending. So if you're interested in either of those events, it would obviously mean you're listening to our shows pretty much as they're um, published. It's um, July 14th, so you have some time left, about a month before both of those events, if you are interested. And I talked with one of the owners, Nikki, about this trip, and uh, she says they've been selling seats. And one thing I thought was kind of interesting, she said they have two book clubs who are going as book clubs, you know, so kind of an extra book club meeting on the way to the um, the, the book festival. I like it. And yeah, and Lori said 75 authors. This, this is a big it's deal. Big. Yeah, it's an all day thing for sure. Uh, yeah, and and it's so big. I mean, you, you can't you can't even remotely do everything. You have to make choices on sure. what you're you're going to do. And they get some they get some big names there. Um, you know, it's if you've never been, you know, it's definitely worth 
going at least once to experience it. Mm -hmm. And as I said at the beginning, you know, I'm I'm personally not the kind of person to drive to D.C. And the fact that they put together this opportunity that you can go with a group of friends and not have to worry about driving just makes it um, maybe more interesting of an idea to go because you may not go otherwise. And this makes it um, something you would consider. So uh, there's a great opportunity for you there with our local bookstore if, if you're interested. So I believe that is it for today. We will touch base with you soon on some exciting things that are coming. Uh, we're not going to say too much yet, but uh, October is going to be a very big month for us. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll have shows in between there for sure, but some really big news coming soon about some things that are in the works that we are very excited about. More things that we never <laughs> anticipated. <laughs> So until then, thank you for watching and enjoy your reading.